Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA listeners, and we're back. And this is uh, brought to, broadcast to you by the Snowpocalypse of, no, Blizzard 2017, we all remember. We just wanted to have one last show before we all die. Yeah, Just apparently. to say goodbye. It's been real. <laughs> we'll be buried in a foot of snow tomorrow. Say I it. know. And let any, last, any last respects, Tiff? Um, I just want to say, stay brown, stay beautiful. I want to say OJ did it, not my president. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, those are good. Darn it. <laughs> now I want to change mine. I want to change mine. People think about their last meals. I think about what I'm going to say to everybody. <laughs> like, right? if I'm I like, had a chance. What would, if you, what would your last meal be, be if you had to have a last meal? Oh, God. It would be like a big old bowl of cereal. Really? Is that what? So I don't know if I if you if you guys know this about me yet, but I have a cereal addiction. <laughs> it is something I have been uh, struggling with. My and I'm 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 serious about it. when I say addiction. Like I, the same way I think people are addicted to crack, alcohol. Like that is me and cereal. If there's a box, it it calls to me. It'll be consumed, and I've been fighting it my whole life. I've been I was sober for probably a few months, but yeah. in honor of Snowpocalypse. Future husband went to the grocery store for the essentials. What did he come home with? Banana muffins, Reese's Puff cereal. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and some ginger beer. <laughs> what? So, yeah, I just broke my own sobriety. I had a cup of Reese's Puff. He left the house for five minutes, and I was like, you left me alone with it. So this is on your conscience, not mine. You know what happens. Me and cereal do not, not. It can't. So, anyway, that long story short, that would be my last meal, probably just a huge-ass bowl of cereal. Yeah, so, yes, Reese Puffs. I mean, there is, it's weird because I'm not a cereal addict for normal grown people cereal, but give me a fruit, loopy, puffy, chocolatey, peanut buttery foolishness, and I'm like, uh, where's the milk? <laughs> Have you, as an adult person, <laughs> tried to eat Fruity Pebbles? That's, there's, it's just straight trash. I mean, it's there's disgusting. I tried it eating is. it recently, and I was like, oh, this is like crunchy yeah, I, fruit, like paper. It was disgusting. Yeah, it is. I mean, but you know, there's some cereals that translate well in adulthood. Apple Jacks, for example. Oh, it's still mm. favorite. I would tear up some Apple Jacks right now. Right? Not yeah, even, not Apple. even Apple Jacks. When we, when I was a kid growing up, my mom, we used to get the uh, the generic cereal that came in the bag, and it was uh-huh. like Apple Joes. Yes, <laughs> you know, we, got, like, oh, we had Apple Joes. <laughs> I thought that it. That's not what they're actually called. I totally forget what they're called now. But anyway, like like, like Ingles. We we had Ingles in Georgia. And um, yeah, like cinnamon O's or something. Yes. That shit was delicious. And it was always better than the real stuff because it had way more sugar, I feel like. There was no regulation. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Cereal tastes not as good. The sugar, like fruit, if you eat Frosted Flakes today, that has about one third of the sugar. I think this is actually true of when we were kids. Really? Yeah. That's why I can't do math anymore. All that sugar addled my brain. Well, what about the fact that back when we were kids, I don't know because I'm older than you, but they used to actually have great toys in cereal. But I'm like, what happened to the awesome toys? They, yeah, I remember toys in cereal. And then I remember when it switched over to like mail in this this box yeah. top and you might qualify for a free like. And you became an online marketer. They're like, ask your parent if you can go. No, I don't want that. Give me my toy inside this box. Like literally I would 
there was this one toy. It was called the um, Wacky Wall Walker. Oh my God. It was literally like this jelly mask that they shaped in the shape of like a small octopus. And you threw it against the wall, Mandy, and it crawled down the wall. It was everything. I Wait a second. I think I had some of those. All those ooey gooey <laughs> toys were very in. Like I had flubbered goo. I had that um, silly putty. And then there was just straight up goo. It'd be like $8 a, like a container. And it was just yep. goop. Why? Why? I wish my. This is why I don't want to have children. I have to buy things like goop and a, like. Why do my parents even? We're way off. Where do we even start? Snowpocalypse. <laughs> did you stock up on snacks for the snow? If you guys don't know, if you're not in the northeast region, we have a giant blizzard hitting us tomorrow. So, um, everyone's losing their damn minds. Yeah, I went. I'm not gonna lie. I had already gone food shopping maybe a few days ago. But, you know, like I went like normal food shopping, but I was like, there's a difference between normal food shopping and snow food shopping. So I went back this morning. And I was like, I need snacks because, you know, you remember? What is, we were- <laughs> what is it with the snacks? It's a normal day. I don't know. Fiance went and got you know. biscuits. He's like, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a bacon cheese biscuit. I'm like, but it's a Tuesday. You don't even eat breakfast during the week. So <laughs> I remember we were supposed to have like a um, uh, like a blizzard, I don't know, earlier in the winter and it didn't happen. And people were like, or, or it happened like it, it waited, like, you know, it was supposed to happen like five and it didn't happen until like midnight. And people were like, so I finished my snacks. So what do I do now? <laughs> I think people in New York are just as bad as people in Georgia. I used to, people, you, they give Southerners so much crap because we'll be like all the shelves at Walmart will be empty of all the bottled water and bread. But New Yorkers are the same. The line was outside, like around the block at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and Fairway. Like we we can't we I, but I think that we celebrate it more. We're like, no, yeah. this is an excuse to get snacks and liquor and you know hole up and like have parties and stuff. Right? I'm just I can't like it's so crazy because I'm like I'm all acting like Ooh, I can't wait. Meanwhile, I work from home. This is a literally a normal day for me. <laughs> yeah, like, nothing. You don't see. I have. I'm staying home tomorrow, but I have to work. As long as the internet is alive, unfortunately, that means I will be working. Um, fiance yep. Boo works for the government, so they can't take anything home. So he's like, "Wee!" <laughs> I know, right? Well, my fiance Boo, he um, he's an essential worker, so he's like, "Great." <laughs> Capital so E essential. Yeah, so he has to go out and like, because he works for the city and um, he works for housing, so he they consider him an essential worker. He has to come out here and make sure that like the sidewalks are safe, all that kind of stuff. So he's like, "Whoopee!" Meanwhile, he's got like a a cold so you know right now he's dying in bed like somebody saved me you, first of all make it i bought like you know like a liquid you know medicine for him and so i'm reading the back and it says two teaspoons every four hours so it comes with a cup so i pour it he said whoa 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 that's a lot and i'm like sir <laughs> <laughs> like a child i was like sir this is two teaspoons. he's like i don't believe you so he took the package from me and is reading the documents on the back the small print like hmm I'm like, it's two te- it's two tablespoons, not teaspoons, it's two tablespoons. That's what it says. And then the cup, there's only like one line. One line says one tablespoon, the other one says two. I'm like, look at, like we debated for like five minutes. I'm like, sir, drink the daggone medicine. He took it like a five-year-old, like, it's so nasty. I'm like, meanwhile, you're 36. You got to just throw it back, man. Throw it back. Don't let it touch your tongue. Just straight back the shooter. That's what you got to do since I was a kid. It is nasty, but like, you'll feel better. But I just thought like, I'm like, is he debating me over the... He said, that's too much. That's, that cannot possibly be the serving size. <laughs> like, what? If you're competent enough to, to string together that sentence, then you can get up. I feel like I, I, I always make up my own dosages for medicine. To, I don't know. It's worked out so far. Like, I, and like fiance, he always tells me I take too much. I'm like, no, I can take three ibuprofen. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Three Tylenol is fine. <laughs> it's a really bad headache. Two doesn't do it. I feel like I've built up a tolerance <laughs> or something. Like, that's just a suggestion, you know, for the FDA. I got this. You sound like my friend Linda. She'll be like, well, technically, you can really take up. So I'm like, Linda, I'm not trying to die based upon your <laughs> your rudimentary <laughs> advice. Are you a doctor? No. <laughs> oh, goodness. I have to talk about this before. Um, I'm like bursting with it. So I know you probably haven't yet, but I know a lot of people have seen Get Out the movie i did <gasps> you I did actually... oh my god tip look at you that's probably the Ow! first time i've seen a movie that you've also seen <laughs> I know. let's talk about it did it not like i i don't first of all i i hate scary movies i Me don't too. 
see them oh good yeah i never ever ever see scary movies i don't want to be i feel like you shouldn't pay money for someone to scare you like to make me uncomfortable why am i paying for that um but everyone was talking about get out so i felt like i had to see it it was so good so good and like so creepy yes and you know it was so weird because like you honestly i hate scary i don't so I didn't, honestly, I didn't want to see it at first. I thought, well, but everyone was like, in my time, I was like, got to see it, got to see it. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. And I went with um, with um, Superman and I was pleasantly surprised. It's not scary as much as it is a thriller. Yeah, That's exactly. What really, That's what I like. Thriller. Mm-hmm. Suspenseful. Yeah. Like you don't know what yeah, the hell happy. is going on. Because you're like, what is happening? And then you're like, OMG. And then, first of all, someone wrote, that you have to watch Get Out to get the full effect in, if possible, in the middle, like at, at the most hood movie theater that you can watch it in. Go to Newport Filled Mall, with- which is where I went. That was amazing. Yes, because if it's filled with people of color, it is everything. Everything! <laughs> oh my God. It was so delightful to be in a room full of people of color who were yelling at the screen, cussing folks out. I told you to leave her alone. This is what you. <laughs> Well, well, for everybody who hasn't seen it yet, you want to turn, you want to like skip forward about five minutes because we need to talk about what happened in this movie. It's a, it covers race. It covers, it would, it was like the most thought provoking horror suspense movie I think I've seen in a long time. But you know, what's funny is, um, so if you, if you, so the film of course is about a white woman who's dating a black man. I mean, amazing actor. What was his name? Um, I don't know. He's a British he's guy. A he's, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a newbie. He's a newbie. Um, just did an amazing performance. So she takes him home to meet her family. What I love about the movie is um, her her family, it would have been really easy for him to like set it in the South and oh, her racist Southern parents. But he, the, the, the girl, her family is like New York, upper, upper, upper middle class, white people, mm-hmm. like liberals, progressives. Like the kind of people who say, oh, I'm hashtag woke, you know, or I have lots of black friends. I voted for Obama. And he makes them like the villains. Um, I thought it, I thought that was like a brilliant stroke. But anyway, she takes him home and he's like nervous to meet her family. They don't know that he's black yet. And needless to not even needless to say what. I, so and hold on. <laughs> There's It's so much. So he <laughs> finds out slowly that they have been hypnotizing black people men yep. swapping and a, woman. and a woman yes and stealing their bodies and replacing their brains with the brains of white people yep. and letting and then so they can be cool and hip and in fashion and yep. then they 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 keep these new people like pets it's so oh. fucking crazy yeah. crazy and it's so because you start to recognize like, so one like so when when the when the his name is chris in the movie mm-hmm. And so when Chris goes to meet his girlfriend's parents and family, he notices a gardener and a maid who the maid is a black woman and the gardener's a black man. And they seem very strange. You know, he's like, what is happening? Like, you know how like, well, if you're a person of color in general, there are certain norms that you expect, you know, like certain things that you say that even if you're, you know, from down south or up north, but there's still certain things that, you know, are just part of our culture. Um, that I would say a good percentage of people, even if they don't partake in it, you just know like certain phrases that you use. And so he was using them with them and they were like confused. Like, what are you talking about? He tried to give the black guy a fist bump and he like grabbed his, you know, did like the, the classic move where you like, you know, you put your hand around it like it's a handshake. Awkward. Yeah. And then I forget what he said to the, to the woman. He said something to her like, oh, something like. I forget what it, whatever it is. Oh, when he said like, that he's ner- he gets a little weirded out when there's so many white people around, and then and she, she starts like, crying real creepy. Yes, it was woo child. There was so much creepiness to it that you, I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time because I just kept waiting for like the thing to happen. Um, and then when they started bidding him off, I was like, oh. Hell no. That almost made me cry. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah they were bidding on him just like in old slave days, like when yep. you would bid on, you know, black slaves. And and the whole time they're like touching him and asking him, what kind of sports do you play? You're so strong. It was mm-hmm. it was a like a modern it what I it was the the, the movie everyone sort of 
it was like the acknowledgement that this fake um, post-racial America is just a bunch of BS. That's what Jordan Peele was was putting out there. Like, we ain't we ain't past this. But did yeah. you know, like, there was what's funny? I was reading some commentary after. So I I live in Jersey City. I, we went to the theater here. It's a very diverse theater. I feel like everyone in the theater was we we were waiting for the twist. We knew she was up to no good. Like I knew Allison Williams was not like the woke nice like um savior of the movie and like i was just waiting for allison williams to turn or whatever but then i read that like a lot of people who weren't of color were shocked that she like had there was two different reactions depending on race to the twist where allison williams character rose the daughter ends up being in on it with the family and then the at the very end when the cop car shows up and yes. she's on the ground and she's reaching for him, reaching for the cops. And she's like, help me. Um, oh, every black person in the theater was like, oh, he's damn. about to die. <laughs> this is how it's, it's going like, to end. <laughs> and then but then when it's a T, when it's Rod. Oh, my God, Rod. Oh, my God. Yo, the whole theater erupted. And, yeah, that's my boy. Like, <laughs> First of all, they don't give TSA agents cop cars, but I loved it. It was a nice. The cop car said airport security. Like, who did he steal that car from? <laughs> Thank God for him. Thank God for him. That movie would have been way too stressful without his comic yes, relief. Yeah, and that's what I liked about it. That Jordan, first of all, the fact that, you know, for like for those people who don't know, um, um, the, the, the director, he's like a comedian known for like silliness. And mm-hmm. like, if you've seen I, Key I, and Peele, that felt like a two hour Key and Peele skit, but like way better than anything they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just wow. Yeah, well, yeah, when I saw the cop car, I said, oh, damn, they're, they're not going to believe him. But I'm not going to lie, and I'm not even bloodthirsty, but when he started to take the family out at the end, I was like, get him! It was so satisfying. <laughs> like, everybody was screaming in the theater. And I said, wow, there's a lot of pent-up aggression in all of us because we were all so angry. Yeah. You know, like, in like a, you know, of course, in the, in the movie kind of way, but you could say there was all this pent-up, like, we have power and control now. Like we were living it through him, you know? Well, just the entire first th- two thirds of the movie is him with all of the, just facing all these microaggressive things people are saying to him, all these side comments and having to smile through it at that party with all the, her, her family's friends. And I feel like yeah. everyone can relate to that sort of, you know, in small part or large part, like being the only one and walking around having people asking you these questions like, oh, so you're an athlete, right? Or, hey, you know, uh, let me touch your hair, like that kind of stuff, you know. And I think, um, I, yeah, so I think by the end of the movie, you're just so, it, it brought up a lot of, I think, a personal experiences for people, too. I mean, obviously, like, I don't think there's been people, I mean, I don't think there's been uh, people removing parts of black men and women's brains and, you know, replacing them with their own. But I was just, you know, to get the, I was just listening to, um a little while ago, a real, uh, just a story I never heard about, about the, the origin of gynecology, okay? There's a statue of a, a famous surgeon in Central Park who was the father of gynecology. How he developed the techniques that now save women's lives and help us with our, with our, our, our reproductive health, he practiced on the bodies of female slaves without anesthesia. Um, he would operate on them, operate on black women without their consent, dozens and dozens and dozens of times there's three women in particular and so it's not so far-fetched yeah like the the themes he explores in the movie it's not that crazy it's um, not that crazy like remember what happened the is it the tuskegee experiment where they gave all of these black men syphilis to see right? like the yeah. state mm-hmm. like it's not that far-fetched and these are these are people who would still be alive today this it's not so far gone that this this couldn't have been your grandfather and so you know people like to pretend that like oh you know you and this racism stuff it's gone uh no it's not gone like i think that this current election this past election has shown that it was never gone like we like people have color have been saying for the longest that it's not gone it's been here it has not gone away and just because people have you know masked it in other ways you know, doesn't mean that it was gone. It's just, the movie was such a, you know, for me, it was a release. Like mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, you you leave racially um, charged movies angry and tight. I'm telling you, like I watched it in like Hood of Newark. Like it's, um who owns it? Um, uh, The basketball player, uh, not Kobe Bryant, a really tall one, Shaq. Shaq owns a movie theater. Really Shaq- that really tall basketball player. What's his name? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know the one. <laughs> All right. So Shaq owns a movie theater because he grew up in Newark and built this really nice movie theater called Cityplex. I happen to like it. Some people are like, I don't I think like I Cityplex. went. Is I that like where we, we met up that one time? Hey, okay. That yeah. is. Yep, so that's Cityplex, right? Um, so it was there, and it was the, the movie theater was full. So much so we had to sit up front. Um, oh. And so it was full. And sometimes, I, you know, going to the movies with a, a bunch of brown folks, and it's full. You're like, oh, my God, shut up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was like, honestly, the people were quiet when they needed to be, yelling when they needed to be. And we all left with a pep in our step. When I say, <laughs> people were like, after you, madam. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thank you know, I think what people like too is and I liked it, I liked it too is that it didn't sanitize it didn't like give you one white hero. It was like, yeah. "Oh no, you thought she was cool? Nah, bruh. She's also like yeah. crazy." Yeah. There was no yeah. white savior. It was Rod from TSA, okay? Rod yeah. and Tina from T- and Chris. Chris survived, you know, usually in horror films, they say the black guy's always first to die. He was the last one to walk out of that film. There was yeah. no white I, hero. I, 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 Rod- Yes, that was the savior. I love that. Yeah, great movie. If you haven't seen it and you're just now tuning back in because you don't want to hear the spoilers, go see Get Out. Bring all your friends of different colors. and I feel like everyone should see it. I want my mom Mm -hmm. to go see it. She probably won't. I'm still trying to get her to see Hidden Figures. She's like, that's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see Sully. All right. Sully was good, though. It was, though. It was, but, you know, different, different audience, but it was a good film. Yeah. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So before we die, we should probably get on with buzz, uh, brown breaks and brown boosts, right? And so this is kind of like slowly simmering brown break for me because okay. I don't know. I just realized until I saw it today, I don't know where I was, but I saw a bottle of water that said gluten-free. Like, <laughs> yes. Low calorie so diet water. So <laughs> yes. So I am so tired of people like gluten. First of all, most people do not have gluten allergies. Like you, like you just don't, you know, mm-hmm. like, so you don't need to remove it from your diet. Like, so if you have a gluten allergy, you will know, your doctor will let you know because you're going to have these reactions. It's okay. So to uh, all this gluten-free everything, especially stuff that's already gluten-free, like we know, ma'am, like water doesn't come with gluten. There's no need to label it gluten-free. <laughs> oh my God. Unless I feel it like- was processed in a factory where bread products are there. <sighs> no, this is I'm your break. Like, you go uh, ahead. Yeah. So I just want to break from like, I feel like. It's like a badge of honor. I think I read an article once that suburban moms, that it's almost a badge of honor to be able to say, well, you know, Connor has a gluten allergy, a nut allergy, and a cheese dysfunction. So we can only eat milkshakes with like soy on Wednesdays. Like it's almost like a badge of honor to like that your child is like riddled with disease. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we're about to get some hate mail if we talk about parenting, but like, um, you know, our, 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 he, I consider him my little, I guess technically he's my cousin, but we're not even in his, I'm not married in the family yet. But anyway, our, our, um, cousin's son, who's two has a bunch of little allergies, um, and as a baby, but the mom is like, well, if we, if we're going to try and slowly introduce some things later. Cause apparently when you're young, you're kind of allergic to everything. Um, yeah. and if the parent, like if the mom doesn't eat a lot of some foods when she's pregnant, then apparently it can increase the odds of being allergic to stuff. But I do feel like parents know too much now. Like we just know too much and like that makes you afraid to have people try different things. Um, yeah. and yeah, I think, 
there's like the an overall like sanitation of like kids lives now or I mean again I don't have any yeah. of my own but I do feel like I don't envy parents now because there's just way too much information and like and if you read too much everything is bad for kids and yeah I mean one thing my mom used to tell us I remember like you know like she's like go outside and play get dirty she was a nurse and so um even when she used to say people overuse um antibacterial she yeah. said like she said people overuse it. Like the only time, like we would, if we were washing the dishes, my mom had regular soap, like Dawn or whatever. And then she had antibacterial soap to wash dishes. And we were only allowed to use the antibacterial soap if we were cleaning up after like cutting up raw chicken or like raw meat. She was like, other than that, she said, you cannot get rid of all bacteria. Then you do not build an immunity to it. And then you're susceptible to sickness even more so. So she was like really big on like, you know, you don't, you you can be clean it doesn't have to be bacteria free because not all bacteria is terrible and bad for you and i just right. feel like like you said there's this over sanit sanitization is that a word yeah and sanitizing right and so i just like oh i'm just like i'm so sick of everything is you know it's gluten-free you know it's gluten-free you're like girl do you do you need to be gluten-free because a minute ago you were eating gluten you didn't even know what gluten was <laughs> now everything is gluten-free they're like you know this this uh this you know, burrito filled with everything else that's terrible for you is gluten free though. And you're like, well that what does that mean? Yeah, so I'm just like over it and I'm taking a brown break. Not necessarily from gluten free, but just from everything having to have this random label for a small sector of the population that already knows they can't have gluten. The rest of y'all are fine. I do Eat love gluten. that the water said gluten. I've never seen that before. <laughs> well, real quick I'll say two of my best friends and my bridesmaids are do have gluten allergies so one of them is severely has a gluten allergy where like and it's always me who screws the things up so we have this camping trip every year and glamping and we don't like stay in tents most of the time and like this year I mean every year I do something stupid and I mess up something and she can't eat with it or whatever because she's so severely allergic to gluten that if you cook if you cook like a grilled cheese in one pan she can no longer eat anything out of that pan because the residue from the gluten is in the pan like it is serious and she gets very very ill and she's been tested and all that um and of course like last year i i i, I was using i was cooking like breakfast and i was like dude i'm gonna warm up my tortilla and put it on my poor diana's gluten freeze like pristine pan i had to like buy her new pans it was a whole wow. ordeal um, and then my other friend wasn't, doesn't have a gluten allergy, but if you stop eating gluten, and I've discovered this too with my lactose intolerance, as soon as I stopped eating cheese, I made myself even more allergic to it. So yes, before I, I could that. like, I could sneak that, a little bit here or there. Now I'm just screwed. Like I'm too sensitive I to it. If you, would, you take the gluten all the way out and reintroducing it. If like, let's just say you just take it out cause you're like, Oh, it's better for me. Although you don't have the allergy reintroducing it is very difficult. I've heard that. That's why I'm like, I just. I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to like, well, girl, unless you really are lactose intolerant or what. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're like vegan or whatever, but just know that if you're going to take the gluten out, then bringing it back in is going to be difficult without feeling sick. I also think if you tr like some people who say they're gluten free, they like have a salad like oh, I'm being gluten free today, but tomorrow I'll have bread. If you're really <laughs> if like you're like my friend Diana bless her heart it is not a fun life like it is not fun to not be able to eat anything she'll just show up with like a bag of peanut m&ms and she's like this is my dinner because there's no gluten-free there's you know she can't eat at restaurants we'll go out and eat delicious brunches and she's like i'll just eat these nuts you know it's not uh it's not a fun life but uh i totally get it gluten-free water is ridiculous ridiculous yes i'm like what Ma'am, doesn't it come gluten-free? Are you people injecting gluten into their water? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do a brown boost this week. I could go either okay. way because I'm three weeks away from the big W day. And I kind of lost my GD mind last week. Like, I, I, I reached the point of, like, sanity breakage between work and, like, wedding stuff and you know, I've, I've, I'm, up until this point, I've been really like lucky. The wedding planning has been going fine. We're not going broke. Everything, everything is cool. It's all working out. Um, but this week was the week when everyone decided to start bothering me and there was guestless drama and one cousin didn't feel like her boyfriend was invited and it was a whole ordeal. And all of a sudden I'm getting calls yeah. from my mother who heard it from my aunt, who heard it from my uncle, who heard it from so his daughter. And like, it's just crazy family stuff. But 
And then, you know, just, uh, you know, work has been insane because I'll be gone two weeks. And so I've been trying to plan ahead for all of April. But um, I so I'm going to take the negative and turn it into a boost. So the only reason I survived last week were two things. One, Cabernet Sauvignon. Thank you very much. <laughs> and two, <laughs> two was I started this group. We, we randomly, I don't know how, I think someone, you know, we went to a baby shower together and then a bunch of my uh, girlfriends ended up on a group text together, which could be the worst thing ever when you're on a group text and you just get tired of it because it's always pinging and you you don't want to be involved or whatever. But this group text with all like these five or six women and um, I think all but two of us have small children. And anyway, we just during the week, we just like started texting and like opening up about all we were going through and like griping and and like venting. And I really felt like they dug like it helped me get out of my hole of like deep, dark ickiness um so I I in that, in that moment I've never felt so strong I didn't say it because I didn't want to be weird but I was like I literally I, I understand how important it is in this moment to have girlfriends in your life because being a woman is so freaking hard sometimes and we I this week I'm like this is not fair it is so freaking hard I've got to look good for the wedding I worry about my hair I've got to watch what I eat I've got to be a badass at work I've got to manage crazy um uh colleagues I've got to I've got to deal with all this crap from the wedding and like you know they're never blowing up the the man's phone when there's issues with the wedding it's always you know the woman who gets all the questions and like and then you gotta cook and you gotta clean and you got to like be, you know, presentable and I, and I could go on and on. There's it just really felt like everything this week was just like the like the world was just screaming like like you're a woman and that just means we're just going to dump on you, you know. Um so I really I just wanted to say to my girlfriends who probably don't know how much they helped me just listening and uh-huh. letting me vent and we all just kind of like let each other vent and you know, they were complaining because, you know, one of the husbands mixed the baby formula wrong. And we all were like, yeah, we clean off a lot of pee off the toilet seat. That's crazy. And just that little like bit of release was really nice. And also the wine helped. But yeah, that was <laughs> it was rough. I'm not going to lie. I'm this week. I w- I'm determined to like I've been to three dance classes. I went to dance class Friday, Saturday and Sunday because that's the only thing I feel like I can do besides I was like, I can't just keep drinking. Um, so I went to dance class to like de-stress and and that helps but I'm really like I don't want to go nuts it's not a good look all right we don't have much time before the world ends so let's move on oh, all right questions. oh it is tips man anybody have some some cues they need some a's for mm-hmm. I like that <laughs> okay <laughs> I liked it too oh real quick I need to tell you what I watched um last week for the first time okay. ever. Thank you for being a friend. It was it the first the, time. For the Golden, yes, my first time ever watching the Golden Girls, like sitting through an episode. It was probably one of the highlights of the week. It was a very bad week. Yes! <laughs> Welcome into the That show okay. is freaking hilarious. 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 So wait, who is your favorite? Ruth is the shade queen. Like so much is Wait, that no, name? You to call them by I'm like Ruth. You gotta call them by their by their like stage name. Tall, skinny, old the tall one. Oh, is Dorothy, the shade queen? Okay, Dorothy. Yeah. Isn't is her nickname Ruth? I feel like they called her Ruth. Dorothy is the shade no. queen. Yes. Um every remark is sarcastic and fabulous. And but I wanna know exactly. where did the gay son that was in first episode go? He like disappeared. No, yeah. He didn't like they they honestly you'll see as you start to watch more. Um, they tackled a lot of things that you're like, really? Back at this time? Yeah. Like, they tackled transgender, transgender back then. Did they really? They tackled, yeah. I haven't gone, um, I've tackled, watched, um, I watched the first three, I think. Yeah, so that, I, I think they, they, they brought him on and then they were like, eh, I guess, I don't know, he didn't test well or whatever, but yeah, so he, you won't see him like again. Um, oh, that was, they it? Tackled, <laughs> that was it? Yeah, they, I think he was like on for an episode or two and they were like, it didn't really... I guess it didn't really like resonate with the audience. They really, because I guess it was mostly women watching and they love the friendship. Like that's what really made women come in and connect. So oh. Blanche is a slut. Like everybody loves Blanche, right? So that's the one. You're like Blanche, another man. Um, <laughs> so she's Betty a White. Um, 
Right, Rose is Betty White, right? She's the dumb one. Hilarious. Yeah. And then she's Sophia, the old mom, she's the older one. Um, the like the small little like Dorothy's mom, uh, right? Yeah. 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 She is tremendous. She is so like you see exactly where Dorothy got her shade from. I mean, I cannot wait. Mandy, like I Girls and Girls is everything. Like if, if things are not going right, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just like I can't live anymore. Girls and Girls will bring me right out of that funk. It is everything. That's it's hilarious. I w- I just want to let you know I took your recommendation. I watched it. Yes! Good stuff. It's on Hulu. Catch up. Get with the picture, yes. you guys. If I can do it, you, you can do it. Late, Mandy. <laughs> I'm like three decades late. <laughs> Sorry about it. But now we'll get all the inside jokes. Okay, questions. <laughs> business, 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 business. Yes. We have two questions today that I have okay. selected. Um, this so will obviously be what? They have questions. Where can they send it? Oh, you can. Well, since the world is ending tomorrow, you can just address those to like heaven, brown ambition in the sky. No, uh, brownambitionpodcast.com. Go there and, and click the tab, ask us anything. You can send it. It comes right to our inbox. But if you don't trust the internet, then you can just go email us directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. And we mm-hmm. do get all your questions. We may not get to all of them on the show because we only have limited time. Um, but I do keep track of them and sometimes I answer them um, personally. So yeah, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or the site brownambitionpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And I've lost my questions here. Okay, here they are. Okay, number one. This is from Avi. I think I said that right or Ave. Avi. Um, currently, I have over $20,000 in credit card debt across three credit cards. Okay. One has 12000 something, the other one has 4000 and the last one has 3000 um, At the same time, she says, I have over 26000 in savings across um, different accounts dedicated to different reasons. One savings account has a little over $11,000, which I'm going to use for a down payment when I decide to buy a car. Right now, I do not have a car payment, and I'm trying to keep it that way for as long as I can, driving in a 1998 Toyota. Oh, girl, me and you are twins almost. <laughs> you can relate. But, I, but I'm fancier. I have a 99, so I'm fancy. Hey. Um, <laughs> the other two accounts are for travel slash fun and emergencies. I've been thinking about paying off my debt with my savings, but I'm very afraid to do so. I like having the savings in case something happens, but then I think about how much more I could save if I got rid of the debt. What do you think? Should I use my savings to pay off my debt? And if so, how do I go about doing that without using too much of my savings? So, excellent question. It is an excellent question. And she's in a unique position. Normally, I tell people, definitely pay off the one that is the lowest. But because she actually has enough to cover it all, and I'm not saying she should use it to cover it all, what I would say is, which credit card is costing you the most? Meaning, which credit card has the highest interest rate? And at the very least, get rid of that one. Mm-hmm. Pay that one off. So at least, you know, so maybe it's a $3,000 one, just pay off the three. Maybe it's the $12,000, then pay that one Probably off. Probably it's a $12,000 one. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Even if you Especially- have perfect credit, I have a great credit score. Even on my best credit card, my, my interest rate is still like 16%. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. My interest rate on my best credit card, that's because I locked it in when I got it. It, they had some rare promotion where if you're never late and never this and never that, my lowest credit card, my interest rate is like a uh, five point something percent. Wow, when did you get that? It must have been years ago. Yeah, years ago. Like um, this is like when like I had to be it had to be almost like ten years ago. But I locked yeah. in that rate. But there were all these stipulations that went with it, and I was able to lock it in. And so, and then my other one, my my um, the my oldest credit card, that interest rate is like nine percent. I have one of those too. I'm just like, "Mm, just in case I'll keep it. Um, But there's, there's no way that she's saving money by not paying. It's such a, what I really, what really I relate to with, with her, with Avi is that is the, is the psycho, the psychological factor here that she doesn't want to get rid of her savings because she's worked so hard, but logically it doesn't make sense to keep your money and hoard it in savings, but you're probably not earning more than point, you know, one, like, you're probably not earning more than a 1%. I think that's the best rate you can get, maybe 1.05%. Um, I mean, you're spending so much more in interest, like unless, and she doesn't mention her interest rates, but I, um, let's assume that they, you know, none, she's not having, all this is on interest bearing credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like logically it doesn't make sense. Psychologically, I can understand why it's so hard. Like we just got, I just got a pretty sizable tax refund and we had a, we had our call with our financial planner last week 
And I was thinking, oh, yes, this is going to go right back in the bank because we're saved. We just, you know, spent this money on the wedding and that's this will cover so much and we can start replenishing. And then fiance boo was like, maybe we should put this on the car, pay, the car loan because we paid for the car half cash and we still had about half the loan left. And I was immediately I was like, but it's mine and I want to put it in savings. <laughs> my my refund. Why are you taking it from me? Um, but then the planner was like, well, you know, I mean, our, our car loan is what, 3%? It's not 2.7 something percent. It's not very high, but it's still three times as high as what I'm getting even in my Ally account, you know, almost. Um, so they convinced me not, I'm not putting the entire refund toward the car loan. Um, my, um, my justification for not putting it all toward the car loan was that, well, um, you know, if something terrible happens, we can't like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel like a car is an investment. Like you can sell it, I guess, but it's always depreciating. So for me, I'm not in a huge hurry to like pay it off. It's a low interest. So we're going to put a chunk toward the car. I got talked into it. Um, but to help me sleep at night, we're putting a little bit in savings too. Um, Good. And I feel like maybe some sort of hybrid approach for her might it, be better. I, I, because I mean, even though you could be like, well, girl, you'll still have $6,000 saved. It's hard for people to, to, you know, adjust to that difference from having 26,000 to having six. So I would, it, so either this is what I would say, either you pay off the two smaller ones or pay off the larger one, whichever, whichever the interest rate, whichever has the highest interest rate. So either you're paying like whatever it is, like what, 8,000 or you're paying 12. And and then from there you could pay down the other one systematically if that makes you feel better. But that's what I would do. So save some, but definitely pay off some because it's you're literally it's costing you money to save. Like that's crazy. You're losing money saving, and it doesn't make sense to to do it that way. And I think also too you have to understand when you've saved enough, which might be hard for people. I'm a hoarder yeah. with savings. I'm like I'll never have enough. Yeah, me. <laughs> but at a certain point, you have twenty six thousand. You have probably more than enough to cover six months of living yep. expenses and enough for your down payment. Maybe, you know, the travel fund, you can take like a domestic travel trip or something. Yep. It sounds like you have plenty. So maybe stop saving as much as you've been saving and start putting aggressively everything you can toward yep. paying down your debts. Um, yep. You know, take a little chunk, pay off um, that credit card or two credit cards or whatever. Um, and then just start, stop saving for a little while because you've got enough in liquid savings for if anything happened to, you know, God forbid something happens and you need money, you're covered. Um, take this time and start putting everything you can toward um, your debt that you've been putting toward savings now. And just think of that as, it, just try and change the way that you think about paying down your debt. Don't think of it as losing money. You're saving money by paying off that debt. It's just a matter of like rewriting, like rewiring your brain around saving and, and spending yeah excellent question oh, yeah it was a good question all right uh next question is from dominique she says i love the podcast thank you um i'm almost five years out of law school and like many newish lawyers i have a mortgage on my brain i don't know what she means on my brain i have a mortgage totaling over two hundred thousand. Oh, oh she means student loans i have a mortgage uh. on my brain that's clever. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. That must be that, must be that lawyer is so smart. Because we were like, what? <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm like what? is she thinking about a mortgage on her brain? Like in her thoughts? <laughs> she means she has over $200,000 of student loan debt from law school. Got it. I'm with you, girl. Um, I have worked for the government for the last four and a half years. My position qualifies me for public student loan forgiveness, which requires a total of 10 years in public service. So I'm almost halfway there. My term position with my current employer is ending, and I'm trying to figure out whether I should stay in the government to get my loans forgiven or work for a big private firm and make a salary that will allow me to pay my loans back in approximately eight years. While it may seem like an obvious decision to stay in government to get my loans forgiven, I ultimately want to work in private practice, and the transition to private practice after 10 years in government can be extremely difficult. I would really appreciate your perspectives. Miss mm -hmm. Dominic. Hmm. I know what I'm going to say. I, I mean, of course, my first reaction was like, girl, you better get your loans forgiven, but then... So this is what I would probably do. And this is what I used to tell like my um, my best friend when she would always be like, oh, should I go for this job or this job? I'm not sure. I'm like, girl, have you applied and been offered? So I would say before you make a decision, 
about to see which, you know, if the money, because what if you apply and then the offer is not, does not make sense financially? Like, so I would see, like, you're assuming that, you know, you're going to get a job in private and that the, the private money is going to be enough. So there's no harm in, in let's see, because if it is going to be enough, then I would say make that move. Let the money make the decision for you. Um, and then if it doesn't really make sense, um, is there things you could do on the side? So let's just say you work for government. Are there things that you can do to still keep your foot in the private door if the money doesn't make sense to make that switch? If That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, with fiance, he works for the government and we've talked about this before. He's like, I could make double my salary if I was in the private sector, probably. But working in the government is super tempting because there's so many sweet benefits. Um, he's got an awesome pension. Like who has a pension? Who? Like our age has pensions anymore. Um, he, he will get his student loans forgiven eventually, his federal student loans. Um, there's great job security. Once you're in, you're kind of in. Um, Mm -hmm. and we, so I, I completely like can that like the the conundrum here like her indecisiveness i i completely understand what she's going through in terms of public student loan forgiveness um one thing i'll say is do the math because sometimes you're not well first of all two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of student loan debt i'm not sure if all that is federal loan debt and when we talk about public student loan forgiveness we're only talking about federal loan debt so how much do you really stand to get forgiven? A lot of people I know who are have law degrees have a lot of private debt, um, and that private debt won't be included um, in this public student loan forgiveness program, first and foremost. Right. So how much are you really going to be saving? You'll still probably be left with debt, even if your loans are forgiven. Um, uh, and I totally agree with Tiffany. Like You need to actually see on paper what you can stand to make in the private sector. Maybe there's some sweet sign-on bonus that could help you take out a chunk Uh of your loans. You know, I need to give my little baby brother a shout out real quick though, because he graduated college in May with $30,000 in student loan debt. He has zero debt today. It's been less than a year. Well, that's not true. He graduated over (laughs) Dang, wait, he's old. Oh no, time's moving too fast. (laughs) He graduated, okay, (laughs) sorry. Okay, two years ago he graduated, but still amazing. So two years ago he graduated with $30,000 student loan debt. He just made his last payment with the bonus check last month. And the reason he was able to do that is because he went from college and took a, um, a, a good paying job in sales that came with great um, potential to earn bonuses. And that he has a relatively normal like base salary, but it was mm-hmm. the potential to earn all these bonuses and commissions. And he's been kicking mm-hmm. ass um, and putting down, you know, paying off his loans along the way. And I was like, Alex, they could fire you tomorrow and you would have just gotten such a huge return on your investment for that time you spent in that job. Because it gave you the financial ability to pay off your student loan debt. Um, and there's nothing like, so So you see there's no right or wrong. It really just kind of like depends on like what will the market bear and where where does it make sense. So And it's tough it, out there being a lawyer right now. It's hard to find jobs. Um, yeah. You definitely, I feel like when you have a, I say don't stop looking, like, like be out there. Be letting people know that you're looking for work in the private sector. Just... Put that message out there because you never know what will come your way. Don't it, it doesn't have to be like an either or right now. Like you can still put feelers out and be shopping around for other work until you find that really sweet offer. Um, yep, in the meantime, what? Yeah, collect your year. You're right. Like shop around. I like that till she finds that sweet offer that makes sense to jump jump uh, public ship. You know. In the meantime, like you said, you're working toward, you know, you're serving the country, which is awesome. And then you're working toward your public student loan forgiveness, which is also awesome. Um, so you really, like, you're in a good place. Yeah. Um, I think it's just going to depend on how sweet that private sector job offer is. Um, at the end of the day, you kind of have to do what, you know, works best for you and, and your dollars. But do the math. Find out how much that debt's actually federal and how much you can stand to get forgiven um, after mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Good questions today. And again, Uh, I said good questions today. I know. You guys have, you know, really good questions. I'm really glad I'm not alone. I have such a weird, like, mental block when it comes to uh, saving money and, like, paying down things. I don't know. It's taken me a while. I'm realizing I took a – so in my my Literature Academy, you know, we just closed registration. But um, last – our last Sunday or Sunday before last every Sunday we have something called ask the expert Mandy you have to come on 
we have asked the expert because they like love you anyway. They're like, where's Mandra? <laughs> <laughs> I will come on. Let me know. And so every Sunday we have asked the expert and then I have one of my friends who's dope and is, in, is an expert in a specific field come on and just do a live Q&A. It's fun and loose. And so I had my friend Kara of the Frugal Feminista. She came on and she talked about your emotional and mental state around money. I mean, she almost had all of us crying. Like, it was so good because she really talked about, like, why do you make the choices that you make? I did not realize, like, you know, how I have my old car and I make a joke out of it. But she was really like, Tiffany, why? Like, honestly, why do you, like, you know, the car is no longer even really safe. Like why she said, especially women of color, we tend to carry um, this thing around with us, like a badge of honor of like I don't, I don't treat myself, I don't do for myself, like it's like it's a badge of honor, and we're rewarded for it. like, yeah, girl, don't do anything good for yourself. And I'm like, wait, is that what I'm doing? And she was like, you know, what what is it that you tell yourself why you don't really spend? And I said, well, I just said I don't want to be irresponsible. And she said, Tiffany, have you ever? been an irresponsible spender. And I can honestly say, say, Mandy, outside of maybe when I was like 15 and I got my first job, never, not in my 20s, not even during the recession, I was able to live off no income for two years because of my saving habits. So I've never been irresponsible with spending. So she's like, so why, why this fear? Because that's not you. That she said, oh, she said something so powerful. She said, spending is not irresponsible. Spending irresponsibly is irresponsible. And she was like, and I'm like, so she's like, I don't know where you got that messaging from, but you have to ask yourself, you know, why? And to let that go. Because now you're holding yourself back from like basic. I mean, if I tell you how much I made during the the, the Academy launch, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll make pretty good money, you know, because we don't, the Academy is less than 20 bucks a month. And even then it was on sale the whole time. So no one paid more than like 16 or 17 bucks for a monthly, um, subscription and we keep it really low on purpose because I want people to have access so I'm thinking like oh you know we'll do fine no Mandy I mean I made just under $250,000 in 10 days like why the hell but even before that I was thinking why is she driving this clunker I've seen it in person it doesn't make any sense I don't know and can you please get a new car brown ambition please tell Tiffany to get a new car it was giving me like anxiety of thinking of like going to buy a car. It's so crazy because if you were to say, you know, your sister needs a car, can you buy her one? I'd say, okay. Your mom needs a car, okay. Superman, super, okay. But when it comes to me, I'm always like, well, I, I don't really like. It's not a need. I don't, I don't really need it. I don't. And so really like working past that because it's, I didn't think it was a problem until she really kind of made me lay it on the line, and I thought, wow, what? And so here's an activity for anybody who might be going or not or wondering if they have uh, an issue with finance because I didn't think I had an issue with money and she said you know list anywhere from five to ten of your money thoughts like you know spending is irresponsible whatever it is the things you tell yourself over and over and then next to those things write down whether this is a positive money thought or a negative money thought to kind of see like gauge where you are as the way you think about money and then really rewording the negative money thoughts like for me, I said spending is irresponsible, but really it should be spending irresponsibly is irresponsible. So I'm learning to reword my money thoughts and mantras that I've been repeating to myself and that have kept me here. Because many, I'm all, I'm like so afraid that if I buy a car, but what if nobody likes the budget east anymore and my business closed down? Like how how will I pay rent? How will I? Meanwhile, I used to make thirty five thousand dollars a year. I've got enough money that I can not work for like six years. But, and I don't know why. And so, yeah, so it was just really powerful. And it just goes to show you just, you sometimes you think things are so small. I thought like, you know, it was kind of funny that I didn't get a car, but I'm realizing it really isn't. Like there's a reason that I'm holding it back from myself and why I would never do that to anybody that I cared about, but I do that to myself. And I'm like, okay, I have to break past this. And um, yeah, I don't even know where that came from randomly, but I just, it just hit me like, like thinking about you coming on and ask the expert and how that, that particular Ask the Expert was so powerful, not just for me, but so many of us watching it, because so many women do that. You know, yeah. we, we people talk about overspending, people don't talk about the underspenders. Mm-hmm. That's detrimental, you know? It's like a, it's, there's so many different, I mean, if, you, if you've ever gone to like 
um, a therapist or anything like that, even in couples therapy, we've been discussing finances and it's all interrelated. Your relationship Mm -hmm. with money has a lot to do with your, you know, your childhood. And like, it sounds corny and cliche, but it legitimately does. I, you know, we've been talking about our childhoods and I'm like, oh, so that's why this and that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you, and you think you're a grown adult and you should be over, you can overcome those things, but um, you're, you're always sort of carrying around those perceptions and that mentality and like the negativity you associate with money in certain ways. I'm not irresponsible, but I am a, um, I'm a impulsive spender sometimes. Um, when I was a kid growing up, my mom would be the first to be like, you deserve it. Just treat yourself. Like, you know, be really, like, it was almost like you, you, um, it's like when you crash diet and you hold everything back from yourselves and then you you binge on like a box of cereal not that i'm speaking from experience or anything like that but um (laughs) (laughs) like i you know i obsess about saving i obsess i obsess i obsess and then i'm just like so rigid and then i'm like i'm gonna go to nordstrom online and just online shop and i'm gonna go and like binge on shopping for two days and have all these boxes show up at my front door and this happens to me i have these crazy um um yeah these these crazy these crazy rules i impose on myself that then make me like lash out later on and like binge in different ways and and lately it's like binging on shopping because i've been like holding myself back for so long saving 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 um so yeah i i i I would love to talk more about and explore maybe have frugal feminist what's her name frugal feminista she honestly that would be awesome it was so just add feminista to her name or no, 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 it is. Yep, the frugal feminist okay. because she's okay. about women, like you know, like empowerment for for women in like you know really exploring like you know your your why and and how to let go of these things that we told ourselves. So yeah, I think honestly, I think that she would be awesome because I'm still like like she still calls to check on me. She's like Tiffany, have you made the appointment to go see a car? Have you made? I'm like no, nah, yeah. She's like okay, next week I'm calling again. I'm like okay. Um, and so like just breaking through and being like, she said, honestly, she said something really good for me to start. She said, purchase something under a hundred dollars without thought. Like, don't like, Oh no, no, it's cute. You like it. Get it. She was like a hundred dollars because you know, that's a threshold that you should be able to break past a hundred dollars is clearly not going to do anything to any of the money that you have saved. You're going to just get something that's a hundred dollars around that range. And you're not going to. And you're going to see the world did not crumble because you bought a $100 item. Hmm, and I was like, you need, some, was- you need some help. I can teach you my ways. <laughs> she was like, I mean, I need some things if you want to. <laughs> no, but I, so for, cause I know like, I'm like, I know it's so heavy. So I want to, I want to end with a lighthearted win, which I think that everyone has seen this, this viral video and it oh, is going to be the same as mine. Fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no, well, we can do a joint <laughs> win. Okay. So no, let's, let's do set it. The, right. So let's set the stage, right? BBC news. Correct, Manny? Uh, Yes. I, yeah. I, I so identify with this man. So I would say 40-ish, right? In mid, mid-40s. Mid-40s. Uh, white gentleman. Yep, white gentleman, very proper, you know. Business suit um, and tie. Yeah. In a home he's, office. He's, yeah, getting interviewed about North Korea, very serious business. Right. BBC, international, well-known, well-respected media outlet. So said white young white middle-aged gentleman you know very proper is speaking and the door creaks open and what happens (laughs) (laughs) i just started picturing it again i've watched it so many times i don't even have to watch it again because i have it i I can tell you how many times she moves her elbows up and down she's doing like the funky chicken she had glasses on and a yellow sweater Yes, curly brown hair. So his daughter, I think she was about two years old. Yeah. Creeps, the door's not locked. She opens the door. It creaks open. And what you see is this little, cute little girl with curly brown hair and a bright yellow sweater. And, and zero like glass to give. Zero. And she does adore the Explorer. Like, I can't even, I'm trying to think of the arm. Like, she did like an arm pump, like, mm. Mm, you see me, you like arms up and down. Like she did a little jig coming into the room. Like, ah, 
daddy's on TV, me too. <laughs> and what's so hilarious is that he is in the middle of explaining some serious business with North Korea and does not hear her, does not know she's behind him while she is getting it in for like a good, maybe like five seconds. So she comes right behind him and the the uh, the anchor has to tell him, uh, I think one of your children has entered the room. He doesn't even look because he knows all hell is going to break loose. He instead extends his hand puts it on her chest and says, not right now. Like with his, with his energy. But and she, before, and then the other one comes in the door in the little walker. Oh. I thought, is this going to be real? I was like, this has to be fake. This has to be fake. So then when all of that, that, that wasn't bad enough. So she tries to like, if you watch carefully, she tries to loop her arm around him. Like, Hey daddy, I find out later that that's the room that he Skypes his, his parents. So she's used to grandma and grandpa being on the screen. No. Oh, is so, that true? Okay. Yeah. So she was like, you know, her voices. It was like, oh, grandma and grandpa, this is what we do. We talk to them. So she comes in and tries to loop her hand around his arm and like he pushes her back. Meanwhile, doesn't leave. She instead leans back on like, I guess it's a bed bed covered in books that he's carefully adorned to make it look like it's part of an office. It's so clearly a bedroom. Yes. So she leans there like, I mean, I'm going to fall back, but I ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Then baby comes into the room in a walker, a one, a few, and hilarious, comes in like, I heard there's a party. This baby rolled up in the room like a G, like, hey, it was hilarious. Big sister's how- in here. She called me. She texted me, said I should come down. <laughs> there was a party so I'm here. On. Yes. And then just when it could not get any more delicious, uh, frantic, another, she actually seemed young, younger than middle age, but I would say she looked like in her 30s, but I'm guessing she's probably similar age to her husband. Frantic woman runs in, slight Asian woman runs in. If you look carefully, Mandy, her pants are slightly down. Clearly was on the toilet. Oh, Clearly was- okay. I didn't analyze. Okay. I thought I analyzed every aspect of that video. No, no, no. I know that. I know that run because that is the, I have been, when I was a preschool teacher, I have been there where I'm like, I just need one minute to pee. Just one minute. And then you hear something crash, even though there's another teacher in the room with the kids, but one teacher cannot possibly watch all of them. You know, so you try to stand in the middle and you're like, girl, I got to go pee. Just give me a minute. She runs in, pants slightly down and skids into the room and proceeds to drag both baby and the walker, like the two-year-old and the walker baby out. Like two-year-old baby is literally like under the walker at some point, just being dagged. <laughs> <dragged. laughs> and never once. Does the father turn around? Uh, because you know why? Because he definitely had boxer shorts on and no pants. Yes. Because yes. he's every person who works from home and has an interview and puts on a business, like a, tu- a suit and tie and has no, no pants on. Zero no pants. pants. That's why he didn't get up. And she <laughs> literally skids. And then the, the, the part that just put the cherry on top of everything is drags the babies out. And then she reaches a desperate <laughs> arm out closes the door as if like maybe they didn't see me it was literally everything i it could it, they could not have directed this better no. like i said is this is this real i thought it was a fake video at first it but it brought the it brought you know once in a while videos bring the world together and this i yep. feel like just made us all forget about our troubles for like the five minutes that we watched this video and oh man Ooh, um, if you have not seen honestly you need to just google bbc kids or just it's it's everything. It's everything. I wouldn't be Mandy if I didn't sprinkle some real talk on this, though, because there was some, you know, what's funny is people's reaction to the video. There's been there's yeah. been some stuff written about this, but I could tell it was a problem even before, because as soon as so this group text I was talking about earlier, I, I shared this is how the whole group texting kicked off last week. I shared this video and then we couldn't agree. Is it the nanny or the mom? I my first thought was mom. OK, it looked like a mother. They she looked like the babies or whatever. But then someone's like, I heard on the news she was the nanny. And then when I got to the, when I got to my office, I showed it to my two um, my two bosses, the co-founders of Magnify. One of them was like, Oh, look, the Asian nanny, or no, the Asian housekeeper. And I was like, What? What is this housekeeper thing? So apparently, I, I and I don't want to sound stupid, but I didn't realize that there's all these um, stereotypes on Asian women. My one of my best friends had to school me on it. She's Vietnamese Chinese, and she was like, Listen. People always think I'm the help sometimes. Like, apparently there's this there's this stereotype that Asian women are, like, subservient, docile. Yeah. They're, you know. They... That stereotype for sure. I've definitely heard that. But I didn't know okay. that it was, like, that equated to the help. 
so this was like a classic so this was just like a you know and and if we there was a test for humanity and whether we've gotten over that stereotype we failed because um yeah. definitely people were assuming that she was the nanny um yeah. and i even once i heard someone was like oh the news said it was the nanny i was like oh okay i guess she was running it running in kind of like her life her job depended on it um and i was like changing my own like instinct based on the news Perception, so, yeah because yeah. when i saw her in that was the run it to me that was a. Uh, I don't know, like, because usually, like, uh, like you know, um, healthcare professionals would be more like professional. Basically, that was like the running of a frantic mom. Like, yo, I was just trying to pee. These daggone kids. I said to stay right here. You know, <laughs> it's just because it, it was like, I don't know. I didn't think like I said. Oh man, I know where he got off. You know, you can't see the hilarity in it when it was happening. But I know when he got off, it was like, oh my god, I just act. Oh, it's just peeing. The kids were right here. <laughs> And he tweeted like, "Is this the kind of thing that goes viral?" Yes, yes, sir. Yes. Sweet sir, it's- sweet naive sir. You have no idea how famous your children will be for the rest of them life. Like, I'm jealous because they're going to have this video to watch the rest of. They're going to play this at their wedding, yes. every yes. graduation, their funeral. Every like, and a this video, every single one of them. This is going to be the best. Be the life for life. Like it was so cute because they interviewed. Like I said, they interviewed the guy, um, the BBC guy's mom. They and did. Like, Where I need to yes. watch this. No, no, I think it was just like it was a, it was a written interview. I didn't see um, the video, but they were they were asking her like, you know, because that's how I knew. She said, you know, it's so cute, but I'm not surprised that she entered the room because that's where we Skype. Because they live in Korea. The um, um, the, the, the gentleman and his right. wife live in Korea. And so she, they're used to Skyping. So she said she likely heard voices and was like, you know, mommy's in the bathroom. I hear voices. And, you know, then this must be um, grandma and grandpa because this is who we this is where we see them. Oh, okay. That's funny. Man, the media sure will go find some parents real quick. Oh, you're not going to answer my phone call? Well, I'm going to go find your mother. That's what the media exactly. does. <laughs> exactly. Your ex-girlfriend. Oh, man. Oh, oh. that was delightful. It was a nice, lighthearted way to end the NBA. It made us <laughs> laugh. It made us think critically about our own, you know, stereotypes. It was the perfect, the perfect viral moment. Um, I hope they get on Ellen and get their own reality TV show. I'm sure it'll happen. They'll be president one day. Why not? I'm sure if they if they were had been in America they would have been on on already but they're like oh we're in Korea we're not flying over there for now we never know. <laughs> that was a good way so um it's been nice knowing you I guess sorry yeah, about so... being buried in an avalanche tomorrow but you know <laughs> if you don't finish all somehow stuff, right you just and you happen to make it through you know I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. I mean, we have enough banana muffins so if you guys run out of food we got banana muffins we have Tostitos all the essentials. Ooh. Come on over. Meanwhile, we have like frozen pizza and um, some pot pies. Ooh, I bought chicken pot pies. I said, ooh, yes. That sounds freaking delicious. Why haven't I, I had a pot pie in like 17 years? I know. Neither. Meanwhile, I was just shopping and just being full. Is it Marie like, Callender? Yes. That is my, well, not is. That was my jam. That was like, we had that for dinner for my entire childhood, I feel like. Stouffer's yeah, so Marie I, Callender. I had to try. I have never tried it, and I said, even though I'm on this whole, I'm trying to eat healthier. I was like, I well, mean, don't read the nutrition label then. I'm not. <laughs> you don't want to know what kind of sodium is in that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna drink a lot of water with this. Don't <laughs> make up for it. All right. Godspeed. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next See week. See you on the other side. I hope. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.